All right, picture this. You're in Walmart parking lot. You're getting ready to get in your car. Someone pulls a gun out and points it at your head. What do you do? Shoot them. Wait, haven't we done this bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. All right, guys, so in the last podcast, we were talking about weapons defenses. We really kind of leaned heavily on the knife. Today, we're going to talk about mainly the gun. Um, we might touch on stick, too, because the thing about stick, though, is stick is so similar to knife. You know, it's just actually kind of an easier version of the knife or any kind of blunt force, you know, something like holding one hand. So we're, we're primarily going to focus on the knife from last time and the gun from this time. Um Obviously, if somebody already has a gun at your head, don't pull out a weapon and try to shoot them because if they already have a weapon out, you're probably not going to be able to get your gun out. We've established that one before, though, in several other podcasts. So we're not going to sit there and beat a dead horse. Um, we want to get into some new things, but we're going to rehash a little bit of what we talked about last time. Which is the first thing is, you notice someone has a weapon, try to stay away from them. If you do not notice and they already have it out and pointed at you, if you have the opportunity, run away. Let's say we live in North Carolina. We realize that everybody that listens to us is not in North Carolina and not even necessarily in America. I think we're, we've had a few other countries anyway. So not everybody is like us. In North Carolina, it's an open carry state. We've already discussed our feelings about open carry. I'm not going to bring that up again. But we live in an open carry state. Just because you see a gun on someone's hip in our area does not necessarily mean they're a bad guy. And actually, most of the times it means they're not a bad guy. So we have to think about these things. And you can't just go like, oh my gosh, it's a gun and, and run they the other direction. They must be evil. Yes. Or the so, gun is going to summon their hand to the holster, pull it out, and force them to shoot someone because guns are evil. Okay, this is not a stance that we need to talk about. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, but anyway, so just the sight of a gun may not mean anything, but we go back to our awareness. We're looking around. We're watching for people that are acting sketchy. Uh, we, you know, all of that that we talked about awareness. You got to be paying attention to what's going on around you. You see somebody, they don't act right, and you see that tucked somewhere or something, they have a gun then maybe you should avoid them. And definitely not scream at them in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, also, we talked about running. If you're in Walmart parking lot and you have to remember that somebody asks for something, they pull a gun out and they ask for your keys, they ask for your wallet, they ask for you can comply at first... Or you can just run because if they are there to rob you, chances are they're probably not going to pull that trigger. Because once again, criminals don't want to get caught. If they're pulling a gun on you, that's a major lawsuit. So they're less likely to really be caught if they just count their losses and walk away mm -hmm. instead of chasing you and shooting up the Walmart parking lot. You know? I've heard people say, oh, running a zigzag. My problem with the running, and I'm not saying it's... They always come back to that center line. They come back across the center line, but the other thing about that one is 
if I'm chasing you and you're running in a zigzag, it's gonna be a lot easier. A straight line. <laughs> much easier to catch. The the fast point from point A to point B is a straight line. If you're running in a zigzag, I can get there faster than you yes. do. So what we generally tell everybody is to run off at a 45 degree angle because that angle is harder to shoot because you have to lead them forward and trying to, you know, it's, it's just, it's a harder angle to shoot somebody on if you're actually going and to it's a harder angle to follow if you're chasing someone. But anyway, that's, that's the stuff that we've basically already covered from the last one. Uh, now kind of looking at how do you actually defend against the gun and what do you have to think about when you are forced to defend? If well, you can't avoid it, if you ha can't run, what do you have to do? Yeah, if you can't avoid it, can't run, can't comply. So if it's a situation where you cannot comply, let's review how a gun works. The dangerous part <laughs> is where the bullet comes out. Yep. I so love to ask that question at, at seminars. We're doing seminars or workshops. Is which part is the dangerous part? And everybody looks at me like, uh, I'm not sure what the right answer is here. It's not what's, a trick question. What's the answer? It's, <laughs> it's, it's where the bullet comes out. Yeah. That's, the, that's the dangerous part, the projectile and where the projectile comes from. So if the where the projectile comes from is not pointed at you, said projectile is not going to hit you. Unless there's some weird freak ricochet accident, you know. <laughs> which doesn't happen which as doesn't much. Which doesn't happen as much as people think. As people think it does. Running away offers you a good chance. Avoiding the situation offers you, well, the best. Yes, yes. yes. But when you have to fight, just keeping the muzzle pointed, where the projectile comes out, keeping the muzzle pointed away from you is your best chance in that situation. Yeah. So, Guns are actually easier, in a way, they're much easier to defend against than a knife. Absolutely. Knives are much harder to control. A gun, all I have to worry about is that barrel not pointing at me. Mm -hmm. So if I can do that, I'm in a whole lot better chance. Yes. One of the things that I love to bring up, and I, I've said this before, I got married, I was 19 years old, and about a month and a half or so later, I started taking martial arts. And so I'm, I'm an adult, kind of, as much of an adult as you can be at 19. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm an adult at the time. And my father told me, he says, All right, that's, that's cool, Brian. That's cool. Just remember that no matter how good you get at this, you will never be faster than a bullet. I agree with him 100%. What I eventually learned is you're not trying to be faster than a bullet. You are trying to be faster than that guy's trigger finger. And that, and that can be beat. And more confusing than his aim. That can be beat. And that's what we have to think. So we do this drill always. If you guys are listening to this podcast and not driving, I'm going to ask you to do this. All right, I want you to listen really hard. I'm going to clap just like that, okay? If you're not driving, take your hands and hold them about... 12 inches apart, and as soon as you hear me clap, you guys are going to clap. Now, did anybody beat me? That's the question. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because unless you um, clapped beforehand, you can't, you can't do that. Action will always beat reaction. We do this in our seminars. Very simple. Cause Action. always comes before effect. Exactly. If 
I'm here and you have that gun and I decide to go for it, you're not expecting me to do that. When somebody puts a gun up to you, especially if they put it within arm's reach, they're expecting compliance. They are trying for the intimidation factor. They're going for compliance. So it's the same reason I can't draw and shoot somebody who already has a gun drawn on me because they will beat me. If, if they have that gun drawn on me and I move, they don't expect me to move and can move the muzzle away from me offline, then I'm going to be safe. We do this uh, drill where we have people aim the laser pistol at us and just say, as soon as you see me move, you can shoot at me. So we'll stand there with our hands up. Believe it or not, holding your hands up is actually a good thing for you. Yeah. It's not, yes, they can see where your hands are, but it also puts your hands in a good position to be able to move exactly where you need them to move. So if someone's holding a gun at your face and your hands are up, they're right where that gun in your face is. So if you decide to make a move, they're right there anyway. But we allow people to aim that laser pistol at us and whenever they see us move, they're allowed to shoot. We can, I don't think I've ever been shot. I don't think anyone has ever actually managed to do that when I have moved myself out of the way and pushed the gun out of the way. Just because action beats reaction. No one's expecting me to move that quickly. I don't do it immediately after saying something. I just give them a second. I start, especially if you uh, pair it with talking and you know, begging for your life actually is really good for distracting someone. So it's like, no, please don't hurt me. And then in the middle of your word, in the middle of your sentence, cut it off and do what, do the action that you planned so that they're focused on your words and not what your hands are doing. Not to say that someone couldn't be lightning fast and just really jerky and accidentally shoot you anyway. But your best chance is doing something. Yes, because if you honestly feel, you should never do it unless you honestly feel like they are going to shoot you. Because it is a risky maneuver. Just Everything you do is a risk. Level you are not Superman or Superwoman. Mm-hmm. If they're threatening your life anyway, you might as well take the chance to live. If they have that gun pointed at your head and they say, get in the van, then we're at a different kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. They say, get in the van, I'll, I'll give you a hint. You, you don't get in the van. Yep, make your stand there. So anyway, basically certain principles that you follow when talking about gun defense, get the muzzle offline away from you so you're not in front of it. Hold it. Don't let them, you know, come back and aim it back at you. And you're going to get that attached to your body if you can. Okay. These By attached, it means held securely against your side without the muzzle pointed towards you. Yeah. means side. Side, side of the gun against your side. Or against your belly, or against your chest, or against anything that you can hold it against. You anchor it to your body, and it's going to be a whole lot harder for them to get away. Because now, or it's going to be a whole lot harder for them to get the gun away. Because now, you're using your entire body against that gun. Now, you might get a mean case of slide bite if they decide to choose, but that's, Uh, If you're you're holding (laughs) across uh, the muzzle, and we're talking about a, what most people carry, that semi-automatic, the gun can go off and the slide will not rack. So, and, and I've seen videos of this where people actually reach over and will grab the slide and somebody shoots and it does not actually hurt their hand. 
Uh, doesn't mean I'm saying that everybody should go try that. I'm just saying that there are videos out there if you want to go. And it's definitely out. better than being shot. Yes. But the point is, get the gun to a point where you can control it. The best way to do that is by plastering it to your body where the, bar the, where the barrel and the muzzle are pointed in a safe direction. Mm. Namely, away from you. Yes. Now, I have people ask me this all the time. They say, well, wait a second. What if you are walking through a parking lot or anywhere and you have friends, family that are with you? It's harder at that point in time to now change that muzzle and push it over to the side. Okay, here's, I saw, um, I was actually in a class and I saw a guy address that because my answer always was different. Um, it was, I'm going to come up with two hands up under the muzzle and grab it and kind of work that one. And it's a, it's another takeaway. It's another, you know, defense. I got it. I understand that, but I never liked that one as much. And somebody at a training I was at showed this one. I was like, man, why'd I never thought of that? And it's like, when you're walking up, if you were the attacker and there were people, friends, family on either side of me on this one, then I know my tendency is to push the muzzle to my right with my left hand. That's generally the way I do it. So whoever's on my right, I'm going to reach out and push them behind me. Okay. That is not abnormal movement. It's a protective thing, instinctual thing anyway, because you're putting yourself between you and the target or the, or the, the attacker. And when I was like, when he did that, I was like, Oh my gosh, why have I never thought so about simple. that? It is so, so simple. So simple. So elegant. Why? Yeah. He just walked up and all of a sudden the gun was presented and he just like reached out and pulled the person that was on his right to behind them. It doesn't look suspicious because people that are natural protectors will do that anyway a lot of times, putting themselves in the most harm. And in the midst of it's that... It's what I naturally do whenever someone creeps me out at Walmart. My little brother, okay? Or one of them. The smallest. Yeah. Come right here. Beside me. Behind yeah. me. Yeah. I'll do that with my wife. I'll do that with my child. I'll do that, you know, whatever. But I'm that annoying big sister that makes him hold my hand if ever we're in a situation that makes me feel uncomfortable. And he's 13 now. I was in a, I was in a freaking situation where we were backstage at a mixed martial arts event. And a guy comes over and was very, like... He was running his mouth and everything. And I take a trained fighter and push him behind me to deal with the situation. So, yeah, it's instinctual anyway, you know. And this guy, it's not like this guy couldn't handle himself. You know, he's a trained fighter. He's one of my guys. I take him and push him behind me because I'm going to handle this situation. So I was like, my gosh, why in the world have I never thought of this before? And then you just basically do everything like normal. Another thing is, is if you're going to get this kind of training and you are uh, a family, if you and you do have a family that you're out in public with a lot, a great thing to do is to work with your family and teach them how to respond in that kind of situation. There's no guarantee that stress will make them, or yeah, they'll still no, remember with the that. stress. But training with your family is so important because wouldn't it be much easier if, if you didn't even have to reach out and <laughs> push them behind you or they didn't freeze and stop when you tried? Just Teaching them, get behind me anyway. Mm. I'm the one who handles this. Mm. Okay? Stay behind. Stay safe. 
don't worry about it. I'll handle it. Mm-hmm. You just stay quiet and let me. I think a big, this is going to sound terrible, but a big problem in self-defense is other people doing stupid things. Yeah. And if you can teach your family to do smart things, you'll be much safer and they family, shall be much friends, safer. friends, anything. Friends, I don't go out in public with people I think who are going to do something stupid. Well, I agree with that, but listen, I have been help. in a situation <laughs> with a friend in a situation and unfortunately, while I'm trying to de-escalate a situation, the friend was fed up and, and running their mouth, which was escalating the situation. And now I'm sitting here trying to shut that person up, keep them calm down, and get our butts out of there safely uh, I'm, without I'm having to fight. I'm one that just looks over and it's like, shut up, let me talk. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm sure you are a bit too. Yeah, although that was that was kind of the first time I was ever in a situation like that. And I was like, well, I mean, actually, that was the only time I've ever been in a situation quite like that one. And I was just like, I was in like, please, just you know, in my head, I was going, please shut up, because I am continuously trying to carry on a conversation with this other person, trying to talk the situation down, and this person wasn't helping, and it's just you know, because it's really hard to be reasonable and talk down a fight when someone's over there, like, yeah, they're going to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Which, unfortunately, is how it gets sometimes. But yeah, when other people are in the situation, it does make it more complicated. But there are certain things that you can do to eliminate some of that threat. Mm -hmm. If it comes down to it, if you can't get them behind you, if you can't take it out, then the pushing it up is what you might have to do. Yeah. But... You, you should know... You want to, if you can go with the technique that you are most comfortable with and most effective with doing safely, then go for that one. And you alluded to it a moment ago, but one of the things that we always teach is when somebody pulls a gun on you, uh, your hands are up, mm-hmm. you start begging for your life because these talking, are normal You start things. running your mouth, but not in a bad way. <laughs> I was about to say, you gotta be careful about Run your mouth begging. That. Yeah, you're, you're begging for your life. Please, no, don't shoot me, please, I don't wanna die. And, and you are trained to do this. And that way, whatever they're talking about, now they're trying to say, you know, now they're trying to get you to shut up and do such and such for me. Okay, now their brain is not on shooting you. It's getting whatever they're trying to comply, getting you to comply on. So at that point in time, when you are in the middle of speaking, that is when you make your move. And I tell everyone, your goal, first off, it's in the middle of the sentence. Secondly, if you can do it, it's in the middle of a word. Because if I can make my move in the middle of saying a word, then they are really going to be like off kilter. Now, in those moments where somebody is standing there, just like really focused, just like as soon as they move, as soon as they move, as soon as they move, I'm going to pull this trigger, you know. And this is what's on their head or in their head. And you're sitting there, you know. Sometimes you're going to to get shot doing that if that's all they're sitting there thinking about. But if you're in a situation where I can, you know, distract you by talking to you, begging for my life, doing these things. That one works so much more. Uh, so, you know, and if you have somebody else that you're with you, push them behind you, you know, and yeah, I think something like that, getting your entire family to train a little bit, to do some of these things is going to help you in that situation, really. I even brought one of my friends who didn't have a license to one of our seminars so that I could trust being out in public with them more mm. and for them to be safe too. But it, it's just a matter of I want them to be safe and I want to feel safe. 
traveling with them because they don't have a driver's license. I'm taking them some of the places they need to go. So it would help them and me if we both had some knowledge in what to do. And after coming to the seminar, I know she's going to probably trust me to handle that situation a little yeah. bit more. It always helps if just... If you are the one who has the most training and is the most likely to be able to handle the situation, make sure you're the one handling the situation. Yeah. All right. Now, so we, we spent a little time on the last podcast talking about some, some kind of bullcrap uh, techniques for uh, knife defense, which I still think, really, what that one guy says. You mean to tell me I can't just spin hook it, the gun out of a, someone's hand? Man, when I was a kid, I used to love to watch Walker, Texas Ranger, and he would do those crescent kicks all the time and knock the guns out of people's hands and that's my that's my go-to move <laughs> i only did that one time and it was when an assistant was jokingly pointing one of our laser pistols at me and i was just well, actually it wasn't a laser pistol it was just one of the plastic ones mm -hmm. and i was just going they're like what do you do if i'm back here i was like don't actually do that but the gun went flying i was like <laughs> yeah i'm not saying something like it that was fun with a training work. gun but I wouldn't say something like that could never work, but it just, the thoughts of actually trying to pull that off because your foot is so far away from that gun, that is a really dumb idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jackson and you have no control of what that gun does at that point. Yeah, I know. What if they have a really good grip, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> they go, ow, bang. <laughs> if they were intent on killing you anyway. What and if, if it, it wasn't has a really, really light trigger pull, and when it lands, it shoots you in the foot, you know? Which, you know, odds of that happen. Drop safeties. Mm. All right. Um, so anyway, we're going to take a, take a moment and talk about, like, some of those things. Like, oh, yeah. what are some bullcrap things? Um, and to be honest with you, some I like. They're, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's neat. It's, you know, I'm not going to say it's bullcrap because some are effective. Because anything can be effective. Anything can be effective. Um, a spin back fist can knock a lot of people out. But your chances of landing a spin back fist, even in a sport type thing, is not, like, it's not a really high percentage shot. Spin hook kick. Again, we're talking about sport fighting. Never do this on the street. You know, these are low percentage shots, but when they land, they can do a lot of damage. Okay? So you have your lower percentage. Maybe that's the best way to put, look at any of these techniques, is maybe they will work in the right moment, at the right time. You know, all of these things, when the stars align yes. perfectly. It's just not a matter of if you have the choice between it and something that more reliably works. You go, but I would get so much more glory oh, yeah. if I managed to do this. That Self-defense is not the time to do that, you know. You yeah. know get a sparring buddy. Mm -hmm. But in a self-defense situation, you go with the thing that most reliably works most of the time. So. I, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put one out here that I really like. And I have done some in the past. I've taught some in the past. And I don't teach as much now. And that's the one where it looks really cool. Where when you're sitting there with your hands up. And yes, the palm heel hits the wrist. Palm hits the wrist on one side. And your hand grabs the muzzle of the gun on the other side. And you come out. And now all of a sudden you have the gun and they don't. You look so super cool when you're doing this move. And anytime I've ever shown it, everybody, when they've never seen that before, they go, oh my gosh, you know, it's, that's amazing. But the problem with that one is you're not getting offline when you're doing it. 
Well, you've taught it while getting offline sometimes. I know, but it's really hard to get offline for the most part while doing it. So we, we, when I started to examine it a little more, and this goes back to the fact of as you're learning, as you're teaching, as you're doing things, if you do not evolve in what you are learning and, and what you're teaching as an instructor, then you're really doing a disservice to the people that you are teaching. Um, so, but as that, I teach that technique less and less. And I only teach that at this point in time to people who have been through all the other things from here's the front, you know, somebody pulls a gun on you, they're facing you, you know, what's the best thing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's freaking phenomenal, but it's really cool. It looks really nice. Uh, so it's aesthetically pleasing. It, it, it will work. It's actually practical, but it's just it's lower percentage than just grabbing the muzzle, getting the gun offline, attaching it to your body, punching, kicking, headbutting, uh, and then ripping the gun away or slamming them on the ground because you have got their arm. Mm-hmm. That, that's one. Can you think of any? Most of the bullcrap techniques that I see are knife-related. Yeah, no, I said I the don't knife. follow a lot of people's gun takeaways just because there's too much crap out there. Yeah, the knife still has the the largest variety of craziness. Yes. Um, that one's but the gun going. definitely has its variety. Yeah. I already I already said the crescent kicking out of the way. Yeah, and, and, and to say that, I was actually at a conference one time and a guy was teaching a spin hook kick to kick a gun out of someone's hand. We've talked about this before. I When I am like there to learn from somebody else, I keep my mouth shut. And then I leave and I go, and, and, and then I leave and make fun of them. But not to their face. Um, because I'm a nice person. But anyway... <laughs> But, you know, I just about, like, my brain just about exploded. When he honestly was like, we are going to, like, spin hook kick or spin crescent kick. I can't remember. I think it was a crescent. Spin crescent kick and kick that gun out of his hand. I was like, what? That's like three or four chances to shoot you while you're trying to spin in place doing all this. I I can't believe somebody would try to teach that as a legitimate technique. There's also the other one of just take off your shoe and throw it at them. (laughs) Okay, Hang on, where, wait a second. Where did you see this crap? It's, it was, if someone is attacking you with a gun, find something to throw at them to get their attention off of you. Oh, okay. And I'm over here like, in a sense, maybe. In another sense. Have you been thing. watching quick tips, self-defense videos again? Making fun of them? Yes. The bad thing is, a lot of the videos I watch, um... Because I do follow self-defense stuff, go figure. Uh, <laughs> really? I am so shocked. The bullcrap techniques sometimes are really fun to watch. And we watched, th- we watched several of these quick tips videos that are just so bad. Yeah. So bad. I'm going, yes, a shoe can be used as a weapon. Stay in your lane, five-minute crafts. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to. We we don't we don't call people out like that, do we? I guess I just did. <laughs> we don't like this. We actually we like laughing at them, but we're also really sad that people believe them. I actually had a friend share that video, uh, the first video that I brought to you, and tagged their daughter in it. Study these; they'll help you as you go into college. And I was like, oh no! And that was one time where I stepped in in the comment section. You know, the good old comment section. And I said, hmm, actually, I would really suggest you find legit, like more legitimate training. 
as a self-defense instructor, I'm going to tell you that uh, the majority, uh, <clears throat> all of these techniques are bull, and they, they might get you killed. So please don't. Just don't. I said it a whole lot more eloquently then, yeah. but this is more of my thought rundown of it. Like, no, no, please, gosh, no. <laughs> yes, pretty much. I was going, oh my goodness, oh, she's going to get my friend killed. <laughs> Because my friend doesn't know this stuff either. Yeah. And so I've invited both of them to several uh, of our events, and they haven't taken us up on it. I think they still prefer the quick tips videos. And I'm just going, okay. But Jay, you can learn that in just five minutes. Oh my god. But it's just the techniques that involve so much fine motor movement and all of this, they're just not going to work well for you. Uh, if you have to think about it too much in practice, you have to think about it too much in a real situation to pull it off. And I'm not saying no thinking should be involved. Yes, thinking should be involved. Yeah. But if you have to sit there and really, really, really carefully plan every tiny move you make, you're not going to be able to make them in time to get them to be effective. You have to use things that involve gross motor skills. It has to be something that your body can really easily adjust to. Fighting is not a brainless activity. It's not. Uh, we teach everything from kids to adults, and I tell them quite often, especially, I tell any adults, but higher ranking kids as well, you know, kids that have been training longer, I'll make the comment that, you know, fighting really is, despite what people try to make it out to be, fighting is a thinking man's game, okay? You have to, you're setting people up for things. You are doing all kinds of stuff. There is lots of thought going. It is kinetic chess. It really is. So you have to think several moves ahead of whoever you're going against at the time. Now, we've kind of sidetracked a little bit, but, you know, I think some of the things that you need to look at when looking at any type of gun defense, make sure that, like you said, gross motor skills mainly, not too elaborate. And then another thing is making sure that whatever the technique does not put you in danger any more than it has to. Because every technique that you throw when a, there is a gun in front of you is going to be dangerous. But there is a That's very... That's why we say only fight for it if it's worth fighting about. Hello? Oh, it's a car insurance call on the podcast. They've been trying to reach you for your car and, uh, car warranty. You mean your 25-year war I mean your 25-year-old car doesn't have an extended warranty that's running out? It's a pre-owned car. That's older than I am. I don't have an extended warranty. <laughs> so, I'm not going to call out any names on this because actually I very much so respect um, the guy that was teaching this. But this is one of those situations where it goes to show that even some of the most well-respected and best self-defense instructors and martial artists in the world can teach some really stupid bullcrap type things. Mm -hmm. There was a guy who was teaching like if somebody had a gun to your back. And what he did, his initial move, was to turn around, hug the guy, arm over, hug the guy's arms to his body over his elbows though 
So above the elbows, so across the bicep tricep area. So he had full range of motion from elbow down to wrist and he's now in really tight there and he's going to a takedown. The problem is with that one is that all the guy had to do was turn his wrist and shoot the guy, the defender through the ribs. Now I feel like a defense of that, and I, I know why it's not useful, would be that if it was a high caliber gun, they wouldn't want to shoot you because it could go through you and hit them, but the likelihood well, of that actually happening no. is not great, and... He wouldn't have had to turn he, it all the way to face himself. <laughs> he was here, so I mean, you know, his, his elbows were pinned to his sides, and all he did was turn. A lot of people aren't going to think of that. I know a lot of people aren't going to think. I, I know so that. So even if it was pointed through... I know that. <laughs> I realize that. So but even it's if still he just himself, like, you're still getting shot. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's still just kind of like worries me a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's too much. It gives the person too much play. And I know I talk about the fact. Oh no, I wasn't defending the movie. No, I, I know, I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm that's just, just one of those things. Some Sometimes we need to that... think all the way through as much as possible. We can, you can sit there and what if every technique to oh, yeah. death. And I'm not saying we should, but if there's a blaring hole, then maybe we should, maybe not teach that one. And I wouldn't call it complete bullcrap because it's still better than crescent kicking the gun out of someone's hand. But, you know, it's it's something that we should just be aware of. So, all right. So, in looking at uh, anything... He's grabbing the gun and just trying to jam it back to their head. Do what? Just grab the gun and jam it back to the head. You see that in some action movies. Yeah, but if the gun's, if the arm's locked out, that's not going to happen. I know, exactly. Okay, so when you're looking at gun defenses, make sure it's not too elaborate. Make sure it makes sense, okay? You're not putting yourself in too much danger. Uh, gross motor skills and just as much simple movement as possible, really. And get yourself a training gun to practice with. Yes. Uh, we highly suggest the CERT because it's extremely realistic. It's a realistic weight. It's a realistic trigger pull. So, And it's it would be dual purpose in this case. And we've already talked about it last time. We were talking about training with... Uh, training with guns. Uh, so in this case, you can use it to defend for gun defense as well because you see that nice red laser on the person's forehead when you've screwed up. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty it's pretty good in that respect as well. You know if you've been shot, um, the realistic trigger pull and everything makes a really good training aid for when you are just trying to train actually how to shoot. Um, so that can be found at certpistol.com. And um, again, use the coupon code there, uh, Impact Defense, all one word, and that will get you 10% off of anything that they sell. Thank you guys so much for listening. In our next podcast, we're going to go over some things related to stick defense. And just a reminder, stick does not just mean a stick. It also could be a metal pipe, crowbar, hammer, things along those lines. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, stay alert, and we will see you in the next podcast. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.